The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast coming at you with our usual weekly ritual, um, the water cooler chat. I'm, I'm debating changing the name of that. I don't know if I don't know how I'm feeling about the name of that. But uh, at any rate, that's what it's currently called, the water cooler chat, where like in days of yore, you would gather around a water cooler with your coworkers, your friends, your colleagues talk about sports, talk about life, talk about all kinds of different things. And we are here to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC North. Oh, by the way, the Bengals and the AFC North have a clash, this a divisional clash this week. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And of course, the rest of the NFL get you prepared and caught up with everything that uh, is going on in the league, going on in the AFC North and all that good stuff. We're going to try and get through this pretty quickly. We've got a lot to get to, and I am quite truthfully a little pressed on time, both for the website stuff, the podcast stuff, personal stuff, other all kinds of different things. But we're going to get to it. We're going to get to everything. And uh, good to see everybody after. Um, uh, see, see everybody live here in the live chats. And if you are not able to join us live, you can always download the show via our YouTube channel. There's a little, uh, I think it's right there. There's a little icon. You can click that to subscribe, get notified when we go live, all that good stuff. And then um, you can you can get caught up on all the things on our YouTube channel. And then of course, the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel is on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major audio platforms. You can get it there, subscribe to it and download it. Leave a, leave a rating, whether it's for this show, Orange is the New Black with Ace and Zim, Chalk Talk with Matt Minnick, any of that. Um, we appreciate the support of all the shows. Let's get to it. I'm going to try and share my screen for those of you who are watching the video portion of this. We're going to get to a lot of Bengals things. And then we're going to get to some tweets about, about going, what's going on with the Bengals, then some AFC North stuff, and then some NFL stuff, and then hop out of here. We're going to try and get out of here for uh, in a decent amount of time here. Okay. 
Not a good performance and a number of different fronts for the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday against the Bears. Um, the offensive line was one of the biggest culprits of the the issues. But, I mean, in truth, the defense played really well. We'll talk about that in a second as well. But, I mean, it just seemed like even the, the players who were playing very well and had a lot of nice moments in the game – there was, you know, hey, you could talk about Trey Hendrickson as one and a half sacks and very active in, in the game. Missed the tackle at the end of the game. Logan Wilson, inter- interception late in the game that changed the trajectory of the game. Had a bunch of tackles. Was great in pass coverage by PFF metrics. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, but he missed an easy fumble scoop up either to run and score or just to fall on it and change the momentum of the game. T. Higgins, a touchdown late in the game. Yeah, but a fumble. I mean, there's just it, it. It was just like that for a lot of different players on Sunday, but unfortunately, there just really wasn't a lot of great stuff. Riley Reef was one of the, I guess, bright spots. We'll talk about that in a minute on the Bengals' offensive line. But this is from Andrew Russell, who is quickly becoming one of my favorite followers on Twitter at pff underscore Andrew R. Andrew, if you do happen to listen to our show, we'd love to have you on sometime, my man. But basically, here are the overall scores. With Quentin Spain getting a, the highest grade of, of everybody, but look, man, I mean, it's Jonah Williams, 60.1, the 43rd tackle out of 60 qualifying on the afternoon. Uh, Spain, 66.7, 19 of 62. I mean, that's still okay. Uh, Hopkins, 46.1, another bad grade from from him, 26 out of 30 qualifying centers. Um, and Xavier Suofilo at 50, 52nd out of 62 qualifying guards. Riley Reeve is 60.7, 41 out of 60 qualifying tackles. So not great PFF scores as of Sunday, um, courtesy of Andrew Russell over at, at PFF. And that, ha- that has to not continue. It simply cannot continue. And here's a tweet just to kind of play off of that. I'm going to find this one for you. It's a quote from Jonah Williams. Uh, it is courtesy of Kelsey Conway, who covers the team for the Cincinnati Inquirer. John Williams says Joe Burrow has been hit too many times. Williams doesn't think the protection issues come from a lack of talent, more so being consistent with fundamentals. Well, the, the fundamentals and consistency was what Frank Pollock was in part brought here for. And it seems, I, I discussed this on the postgame show on Sunday, it seems as if there's also communication issues when it comes to picking up blitzers. So here we go now. Joe Burrow sacked four times on Sunday, five times against Minnesota. And now we've got a very, very dubious statistic setting itself up for Joe Burrow, the Bengals offense here, which is not what you want to see. And anytime you hear David Carr in the NFL, you think quarterback sacks. Uh, Joe Burrow is currently with the nine sacks through two games and the addition of another game at the end of the season here. Joe Burrow is on pace to break that record. Uh, I believe the, the record is what, 76? Yeah, 76 times here during the 20, 2005 season. Burrow is on pace for a half sack beyond that. So, not good. I I, I would like to think that this will end up writing itself in some form or fashion. We kind of knew there would still be issues. We knew there would be growing pains. We knew all that kind of stuff was was going to be there. And unfortunately, you know, some of these things have not remedied itself two games into the season. And Joe Burrow's been hit a lot. 
and he's been sacked a lot. And on in week one, you saw him get up with a limp, which is not what you want to see again from him. So, I, you know, this the, the offensive line has to play better. They have to gain a little more consistency in the run game, and it was very inconsistent from week one to week two. And, of course, the play calling has to be to be better as well. And that was some points of discussion with the Bengals players after the game on Sunday. There was in post-game press conferences, and it continued on into Monday. This was some of the chatter. Here is a little bit of, you know, Jamar, here's from CincyJungle.com, and I'll I'll post this one in the live chat for you as well. The, the first few were tweets on Twitter and or articles on cincyjungle.com for you. But Jamar Chase says the Bengals waited too long to take deep shots against the Bears. This is from Patrick Judas on Cincy Jungle. And again, via Kelsey Conway and the Cincinnati media, um, there needs to be better communication amongst the whole group. Now, I'm going to pull up a tweet here from... Ben Baby, who kind of corroborates this with Zach Taylor's quote on Monday, followed Taylor followed it up on Monday, addressing the media here. Let me pull this up for you. Um, it, basically, he was he was asked about that, you know, Zach Taylor, and if the Bengals waited too long to take downfield attempts, as was suggested yesterday, being Sunday. "Quote: We had the shots called. Sometimes the coverage takes that away. So apparently." According to Zach Taylor, they had some deep shots called early in the game, did not end up taking advantage of that either because the coverage took it away late. They disguised the coverage. There's a nice uh, video from my colleague, John Sheeran, on his Twitter account in response to this tweet where he shows kind of a, a late uh, a late movement from a defensive back to move deep on what looked like a play they were going to go deep. And then, of course, sometimes the protection just doesn't hold up. There were coverage sacks on some of these deep, longer developing routes. I believe uh, some folks credited one or two coverage sacks of those four um, out, out there. So that's, you know, that obviously can hinder a deep ball possibility, but uh, the Bengals need to open up the playbook. And it's just very, very weird. They didn't take a lot of shots against the Bears based on the success that the Rams had doing so just a week earlier. And you would have thought that they would have taken more shots downfield, particularly with Jamar Chase now looking like a legitimate deep threat for this team. Two touchdowns, 50-yarder in the opener and another 42-yarder here in uh, against the Bears. And, and he had another one a few plays before that 42-yarder. He, he had his cornerback beat down a sideline, the left sideline. So the Bengals need to start taking some more shots. They need to be a little bit more aggressive, but they also need to walk a fine line of protecting their quarterback and not setting him up to take these big shots. So there is a, uh, there's a fine line to walk there for sure. Uh, let's keep rolling on here with some stats and then we'll get into, we'll get into the, some news that came up Tuesday about the Bengals and, and uh, where they're at with injuries and roster moves and all that kind of different stuff. Here's a little bit more on the offensive line. We keep talking about it, but Riley Reef is currently tied for third in the league. And this is as of yesterday, um, I'm sorry, this morning via Ben Baby of ESPN, friend of our show. Bengals right tackle Riley Reef currently tied for third in the league and pass block win rate as a tackle. Left tackle Jonah Williams is 17th. Take that for what you will, but Riley Reef is doing well in pass block win rate 
Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's one of the major, one of the major areas in which they, why they signed him. He is, you know, a capable guy, but, you know, unfortunately just the interior of the offensive line isn't holding up as well as you would hope. The team in general is not picking up stunts or blitzes as well as you, you would hope. So that's something that has to be cleaned up for sure. And then this to follow that up, this was from last night. Again, from Ben Baby of ESPN, coming into the Monday Night Football game, the Bengals ranked seventh in the league in pass block win rate. So I think this also still points to what I was kind of saying yesterday a little bit in terms of the Bengals this year, as opposed to last year, the Bengals offensive line were not winning these one-on-one matchups in terms of their offensive line and their assignments against a a defensive line where teams weren't sending blitzers, etc., they weren't last year winning those those matchups. These one-on-ones or occasional double teams against standard defensive linemen that are coming at them, non-blitzers, they're they're you can see they're winning their pass blocks that are that are asked of them. It's the pick, picking up of blitzers this year. It's the communication issues that appear to be the problem and, and why Joe Burrow is getting hit, getting sacked, and the the picking up up of the blitzes is an issue that. Uh, they're going to need to really address in the coming weeks here, particularly as they get set to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they have given the Bengals offensive line fits for years and years and years, especially recently. So Riley Reef is going to need to continue to be a major factor in this game, uh, depending on what the status is with TJ Watt. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Alex Highsmith as well. There's a lot of stuff going on with the Steelers. Continuing on the, well, let's, you know what, let's, continue on the the ranking and where the Bengals are at with some of these things. Again, I'm leaning on, leaning hard on my, my bud Ben baby here. Bengals defense is doing some nice things. Yes. They had a couple of missed plays, a missed fumble recovery by Logan Wilson, but they're they're I mean, 206 yards of offense allowed on the bears home field. You know, they, they forced a turnover late. They sacked the quarterback three times. I think they've got six or seven sacks in the first two games alone. Um, yeah, I think they have seven actually, and that's uh, over half of of what the defensive line accounted for all of last year. So, I mean, the the they're getting after the quarterback. They're getting after the quarterback, and a lot of different guys are getting in there. But you can see here some notable Bengals defensive ranks: yards allowed per play, fourth points allowed per um, in a drive, seventh punts for drive, third. Um, so, and sacks per drop back, seventh. That's a big one. That's a big improvement compared to what we've seen the last couple of years. So you can you can see here Ben Baby noting great start to the year for defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo's unit. They're doing enough to, to you know, keep the Bengals in, in games and keeping things winnable. So that's uh, some really, really good news on the on the defensive front. Hopefully they, were, they stay healthy. Hopefully they're able to continue this momentum and growth that uh, we've seen. Here's Eric Kinzer on our live YouTube chat. Defense has been pretty dang good. Um, what a welcome surprise. I mean, they're doing enough. They're doing enough to uh, to keep the Bengals in games here. One last, as we're talking about the defense, and then we'll transition into some news as we go into week three for the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, my, my guy... Andrew Russell uh, with PFF P- at, under, at PFF underscore Andrew R. BJ Hill is the Bengals' highest graded player through two games at 85.6 overall. 
He's only played 44 snaps. Let's say a minimum of 75 snaps. DJ Reader is the highest at 81 and minimum 100 snaps. Logan Wilson at 79.6 overall. And then he notes the big money spent on defense is working. But uh, you're seeing here the best, the, the highest rated Bengals players by PFF standards is are, are all on defense. And BJ Hill, what an acquisition he has become. A guy who didn't do all that much with New York. The Bengals were able to parlay a Billy Price trade in, into getting him. And, uh, you know, he's he came in, had two sacks in the opener, has been a very active player and a great, great rotational piece on that line. Ogan Joby doing some nice things. DJ Reader doing some nice things. Hendrickson doing some nice things. Hubbard's in there on some plays. You even see some Cam Sample in there with some pressures and whatnot. So, uh, you know, this this rotation, what they're doing up front, is is working for them really working for them let's let's keep uh rolling on here some news as the Bengals get going into week three against the Steelers some roster moves some some different injury news all that kind of stuff we've been talking about the offensive line quite a bit Xavier Suafilo has a leg injury. He has been listed as day-to-day by Zach Taylor as of Monday. This is what he noted, and Jackson Carmen may get his first start against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We don't know how serious – I mean, a day-to-day doesn't sound overly serious for Suofilo. Um, got hurt early in the year last year as well. Missed some significant time, did Suofilo. Jackson Carmen may have to step in and start. We'll see if he gets the, the nod and how he does against – the Pittsburgh Steelers in his first start as a rookie. So uh, Jackson Carmen may start for the, uh, against the Steelers for Xavier Suofilo, depending on what happens there. The Let's see here. Let's do this one. Unfortunately, the Bengals lost a player who had done – who had been pretty solid for them in preseason. Jacquez Patrick, the running back, um, is uh, he was able to make it to the Bengals practice squad, but then went um, – he got scooped up by the 49ers on Tuesday. Uh, 49ers dealing with some injury issues at the running back spot. Good spot for Patrick. I mean, the, the 49ers know how to run the football. They have an outstanding offensive line, and they've taken a lot of low picks, undrafted guys, and made them – into kind of household names over the past couple of years because of uh, what they're able to do up front, the system that they employ and everything. So Jacquez Patrick, good, good situation for him. Bummer for the Bengals. Um, So the Bengals lose Jacquez Patrick off of the practice squad as of Tuesday um, signing with the 49ers per a report. And we will, I'll pin this link for you all as well in the live chats so you can check that out but um yeah that's on cincyjungle.com not great news for the Bengals, but a good opportunity for the young man who has been starving for one uh they really liked him he didn't get an opportunity to show off in preseason last year because there was no preseason games and then this year he played pretty well big back and moves pretty well for his size so best of luck to him as he gets an opportunity with San Francisco there. Jacquez Patrick not on the Bengals practice squad any longer at this point in time. I I guess I can go back real quick and do this one. I I did this a little out of order, but that's okay. That's okay. I hope you all forgive me. This is just a little bit of a, um, this is the snap count in uh, the Bengals, for the Bengals against the Bears. 
And you can see here, let's go down here. Bengals snap count against the Bears. Trey Hopkins, 100% of the snaps. Mike Hilton getting 91% of the snaps as a slot corner. Wuzier, 100%. Obviously, Trey Waynes. We'll see what happens this week. He seems to be getting closer to coming back, but no definitive news on Trey Waynes returning for the Steelers game. You would think this would be kind of the, the time that he would, given... Uh, the fact that the Bengals didn't put him on a short-term IR or that sort of thing, but we'll see what happens there. Jalen Davis only played one snap on defense. Darius Phillips, no snaps on on defense, which is uh, a, a little confusing. Eli Apple getting 100% of the snaps, 65 snaps on defense. Trey Henderson only getting uh, 71% of the snaps. They did a lot of rotating up front, a lot of rotating up front. Cam Sample getting 34% of the snaps. Sam Hubbard getting 82% of the snaps. No snaps from Darius Hodge. Uh, the preseason hero has played one defensive snap in two games, just not getting the time out there. Wyatt Ray playing 10 snaps. DJ Reader playing 39. Ogunjobi playing 49. Uh, Tupo getting in there for 35% of the snaps. BJ Hill, only 31% of the snaps, but is making the most of his Appearances there. Logan Wilson out there a bunch, 95% of the snaps. Jermaine Pratt out there, 60%. Um, a little bit, a, a few snaps each from Jordan Evans and Marcus Bailey. Some up from Akeem Davis-Gaither, 25% from him. Uh, Quentin Spain, Xavier Suofilo, Jonah Williams, Riley Reef getting 100% of the snap, snaps alongside Trey Hopkins. Joe Burrow, of course, getting 100% of the snaps. Joe Mixon getting 84% of the snaps. Samaj P. Ryan getting three snaps on offense, no touches. Chris Evans getting two snaps, had the one catch on a third and long that did not convert. Sean Davis, new acquisition and call up from the practice squad. Former Steeler got seven snaps on defense. Vaughn Bell getting 100% of the snaps. Jesse Bates, the same C.J. Uzama getting 73% of the snaps at tight end. Sample only 38%. Mitchell Wilcox out there for one offensive snap. Tyler Boyd out there for 87% of the snaps. Uh, kind of a little bit of a quiet start. He did lead the team in uh, receiving yards this week, but did not find the end zone, as did Chase and Higgins for the second week, second straight week. Mike Thomas out there for eight snaps on offense. Jamar Chase out there for 51, almost 100% of the snaps. Auden Tate only out there five snaps. Not really sure what's going on there. T. Higgins out there for 50. Uh, left the game briefly with a with an injury, but came back. So, uh, yeah, the Auden Tate thing's a little bit of a mystery. We'll have to see kind of what's going on there. They still seem to prefer Mike Thomas um, to step in a, 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 on occasion than, um, than, than Auden Tate. So uh, not, not completely sure what's happening there. Before we get to and transition into the AFC North, particularly the Pittsburgh Steelers, because it is Steelers Week 2021. I want to tell all of you, in case you have not heard about our partnership with Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L. And you can go to the website, S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P forward slash O-B-I. Symbol is where you can buy, trade, sell all kinds of shares of stock of teams and make some money on it. So whether it's with the Cincinnati Bengals, I know some of you have gotten in on the ground level of our partnership with this, invested in the Bengals, and probably made quite a bit of money on it at this point. Um, whether it's with the Cincinnati Bengals, the Bearcats, college football, baseball, there's still a little baseball left to be played. Basketball's right around the corner. You can invest in a team like you would in the stock market, buy shares, hang on to them, whether it's a short term and you can make money pretty quickly, 
or if you want to hang on to them long term, you think that some of these teams have a little ways to go to really, really make some good money. Uh, you can do that as well. But if you play fantasy football, if you play survival football, if you do any of that kind of stuff, you got to check out Symbol and you get a uh, a free week of Symbol Gold if you use the promo code OBI, of course, short for Orange and Black Insider. So go check out Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P forward slash OBI and use the promo code OBI to take advantage of the partnership discount we have with them. So we are really stoked to be continuing to partner with them through the regular season. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's keep it rolling. The Steelers are a little bit dinged up at this point in time as they get ready to uh, face the Bengals. You can see here, this is from Behind the Steel Curtain, our counterparts on the uh, SB Nation network. I will put this in the live chat as well. Uh, this is the injury report here as of this morning. Um, you can see here, Ben is pictured and we'll talk about that in a second, but here we go. Uh, Tyson Alualu had a broken ankle. He is now on IR. TJ Watt left the game with a groin injury injury and Deontay Johnson had a knee injury at the end of regulation. Now Deontay Johnson's injury is not a season ender doesn't seem to be serious, but they are monitoring that. Uh, again, Tyson Alualu on IR. Henry Henry Mondo is called up from the pack practice squad to fill Alualu um, his spot. And then Isaiah Bugs is the starting nose tackle now on the depth chart with Mondo being his backup. Uh, and then, of course, you've got Alex Highsmith, one of those edge linebacker, rushing linebacker guys, dealing with another groin injury. So he and TJ Watt both dealing with groin injuries. Um, and then Roethlisberger had a pectoral injury on his left pectoral muscle. I'll give you a little bit more on that. Uh, and then, of course, Devin Bush having a groin issue, Joe, Joe Hayden having a groin issue. Um, Tomlin did mention that Deontay Johnson, who suffered a knee injury on the final play of week two, said he was, quote, looking better, but not to be confused with great. So we'll see exactly what happens. There are a lot of groin issues with the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, maybe that has to do a little bit with early season conditioning, all that kind of stuff. But um, a lot of issues in terms of injuries with the Pittsburgh Steelers as they get set to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Here's a little bit more from Aditi Kinkabwala on Twitter. Uh, Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger has a left pec injury. Coach Mike Tomlin says it will affect his preparation ability and, quote, we better be ready to be adjustable. Whatever that means. Uh, we've seen Ben have all kinds of different injuries and, you know, come back and play miraculous and all kinds of different things, especially against the Cincinnati Bengals. So um, who knows what what to expect there? I will share this here. This is from a post-game press conference. Ben Roethlisberger just basically saying he has to play better. The team has to play better after the loss to the Raiders. So hopefully you can hear this one and uh, I'll play this. I'll share it and play it for you all here, but this is on Steelers.com. That's something that I'll 
uh, we, I wasn't good enough today. Um, you know, there were times that, that we took to get figured out. No, I think our communication is fine. Ben's just basically saying he's got to play better. He's taking it upon himself. The you know the issues of the team uh, and, and their loss to the Las Vegas Raiders at home is it, he's kind of taking the brunt of the blame there. And then of course now he's dealing with the left pectoral injury. We'll see exactly what what happens there. But uh, he is taking the the brunt of the blame as of this week. Big week for both teams. Big week for both teams because the division, and we'll get to that in just a second, the division is gridlocked at one and one. Every single team is one and one. And this is probably one of the most, I hesitate to use the word beatable, but vulnerable the Steelers have looked in terms of the Bengals going up against them and going into Pittsburgh. Um, this is one of the more vulnerable times you would think, and, and a lot of people have written the Steelers off as maybe a mediocre team this year. We will see. Got a great win against a good Bills team in Buffalo in week one, but did not get the, the win at home against the Raiders there. So uh, that is a little bit of what's going on with the Steelers, their injuries, and Ben Roethlisberger. The it looks like now this is moving towards a, a a signing, but Taco Charlton, former first round pick, is was visiting the Steelers and uh, might be signed uh, to them, so to their practice squad. So Taco Charlton looking like he's going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler sometime soon. Here we will continue to monitor that. It looks like the reports are kind of saying that that's moving in a positive direction, but um, you know they are looking for kind of that hybrid edge edge guy and trying to take a chance on this young man to see if he can resurrect his career. Moving on to the Baltimore Ravens, who had a big, big win against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night. Um, there's a, an article here on BaltimoreRavens.com uh, from John Eisenberg, one of their head uh, head writers at Baltimore uh, BaltimoreRavens.com. I will put this in the live chat. A, a cool article that just kind of talks about how beating the Chiefs validates how the Ravens play. Ironically, it's just kind of funny. Um, you know, this is kind of like, hey, such a huge win for the Ravens, such a huge win for the Ravens. This is, you know, Lamar Jackson's the guy, and you know, all the, this this article beating the Chiefs validates how the Ravens play. And then if you go to our counterparts over at, at uh, Baltimore Beatdown in the SB Nation Network, there was, <laughs> before the article, it kind of said, win, lose, or draw, this game against the Chiefs won't define the season. So it's just like, you know, it's like, don't panic if they lose. But now that they won, <laughs> it's, a, it's a gigantic win, which it is. It is a big win for them, uh, especially getting the, with the division at one and one. It was just kind of interesting to and funny to watch the differing um, opinions and uh, of the game and the Ravens season, if, you know, depending on, it was totally dependent on the outcome, obviously. So <laughs> I just find it to be uh, pretty funny. Here's a little bit of a rookie report on Baltimore beat, beat down. I just shared their website. You can go check this out. I'll put this in the live chat as well, but basically, uh, Odafe Owe, uh, the team's second round pick, um, comes up, I'm sorry, first round pick rather, uh, comes up clutch is the title of it. Uh, uh, just a very, very typical 
Ravens pick late in the, you know, late in the first, they get this guy who's a talented guy, maybe a little raw, very athletic and a guy who's one of those edge guys that can wreak havoc. And he is uh, doing so. And they're saying he could be a defensive rookie of the year candidate here. Um, he recorded his first career sack and uh, he, he was doing things against the run as, as a pass rusher. Um, and OA sacked Patrick Mahomes late in the game. Uh, and then, you know, it turned into, it turned into a, uh, interception there from, from OA. So big, uh, big game from him, Ben Cleveland, a guy that a lot of Bengals fans really liked. Um, he made his regular season debut after being a healthy scratch in week one, um, saw time with the starters at different points in the game. So they're easing him into the lineup there. Uh, so he uh, apparently played pretty well in his snaps. Um, Tylen Wallace is another guy, another guy that we were familiar with. Um, he was a fourth rounder by Baltimore, had a solid outing covering kicks, uh, on special teams. So, um, the, the Ravens rookies given them some good things to, to cheer about there, particularly Odafe Owe, their, um, first round edge defender. So they are liking their rookie class. I know the Bengals, Fans and the Bengals themselves are liking uh, quite a bit of what they're getting out of at least Jamar Chase and Evan McPherson for sure. So we'll see how this how this goes. And then obviously I mentioned, like I mentioned earlier, Jackson Carmen may be getting the start against Pittsburgh this week because of the Suofilo injury. We'll see how that plays out. Let's move on to Cleveland and then we'll get to a couple of different things with the NFL and hop on out of here. Grant Delpit, who was a, one of the better safeties in the 2020 draft class, missed all of 2020 with an injury, obviously part of that great LSU team. He is making his presence known. Um, he had an Achilles injury last year, and then, a, um, you know, he had a uh, hamstring injury, but he had a couple of big plays against Houston. Um, he had a sack that forced the ball loose of Davis Mills, and, uh, you know, the Texans got the ball back, but He's, he's playing uh, pretty well after missing all of last year, and he's a guy that they need to after, you know, drafting him early in the second round the the year prior and a guy that really, you know, I mean, when you look at Denzel Ward and you look at Delpit and, you know, they, had, they invested in Greedy Williams, they've got a lot of big names in that secondary, does Cleveland, and, uh, you know, missing him last year, they, they – Obviously, Cleveland still had a really good season without him playing, but obviously a player that they really would like to have on defense and an impactful guy. So Grant Delpit starting to have his presence known, and that story is on clevelandbrowns.com. So this story probably needs to be a little bit updated from the our, our friends over at Dogs by Nature, but some other injury news with the Cleveland Browns, the MRI news on Baker Mayfield is good on his injured shoulder. Um, Landry, uh, Jarvis Landry, it looks like he's going to be out for a few weeks with a sprained MCL. Maybe they did update this here. But uh, so Jarvis Landry is going to be out. Um, and here, here's another tweet that just came out shortly, very shortly, like minutes before I took the air. The Browns placed uh, Jarvis Landry on injured reserve. So we'll see when he does come back there. But 
you know, they're two big wide receivers. The, the, the LSU guys, guys they've traded for OBJ and Jarvis Landry have had some pretty significant injuries in the past two seasons. Obviously OBJ having that injury against the Bengals tore a knee ligament um, after Darius Phillips had an interception last year. And then, uh, you know, this year, Jarvis Landry having the, the knee ligament issue as well. So uh, that is something to definitely monitor, but, Adam Schefter reports that the Browns did put Jarvis Landry on injured reserve earlier on Tuesday. So that's uh, not great news for them. Not great news for them. In case you missed it, here is, I'll give you a little snapshot of the NFL standings right now as we transition to kind of holistic NFL news here. Arizona won a thriller against Minnesota. Minnesota, man, they've uh, had two tough losses in a row. They had the chance to kick the field goal to win it. At the end, it was about a 44-yarder, I believe. And uh, just the, the kicker missed it. And so Arizona goes 2-0. and Kyler Murray playing out of his mind right now. The Rams right on their heels, 2-0. and They got a win against Indianapolis. San Francisco also 2-0. and they're playing good football, and I mentioned earlier they just grabbed Jarquez Patrick off of the Bengals practice squad, so he may get some time there based on all the running back injuries they have. The Seahawks at 1-1, one and one, so a very competitive division there. The NFC South, the Panthers are 2-0. and oh. They're playing really good football. Sam Darnold getting a nice career resurgence, finally surrounded with some talent and an offensive-minded head coach and Matt Rule, and um, you know he's he's doing some things and, and working some magic down there. They're atop the division along with Tampa Bay. Both at 2-0, the Saints are 1-1, and and the Falcons are 0-2 in the NFC South. We go to the NFC North. Packers uh, rebound nicely, and I'm not a Packers guy, but they were my survival pick this week. And it got a little scary through about two, three quarters there, but Green Bay pulls it out over over Detroit, pulls away late. Uh, They are atop the division 1-1. Of course, the Bears beat the Bengals to get to 1-1 after getting shellacked by the Rams on, on week one Sunday night. Minnesota, the two tough losses. Look at the look at the points forced and points allowed. Good God, sixty-one points allowed and fit. They've lost by, <laughs> they've lost two games by four points. Oh, oh, that's rough. The Lions, on the other hand, completely the opposite. Uh, they have a point differential of minus twenty-six. Yikes. NFC East, the Washington Football Team, uh, one and one. Dallas, one and one. They got an ugly win against the Los Angeles Chargers. Look at their net points. Uh, just one. <laughs> Philadelphia, uh, they're one and one, and the Giants are 0 2 also. So, not a good start there. AFC South, Houston actually at one and one. Tennessee, one and one. India, 0 and two. Jacksonville at 0 and two. Bengals play Jacksonville on Thursday night following the Steelers game. AFC East, the Buffalo Bills are top one and one. Miami got shellacked. Uh, but that was also with Tua leaving the game there. They're at one and one, New England one and one, and the Jets at 0 and two. Rough game for Zach Wilson in that one. AFC North, as I mentioned, gridlock here, one and ones across the board. The Bengals are at a net zero. 44 points forced, 44 points allowed. Go figure that one out. Uh, and then, you know, actually. The Ravens and the Steelers are in the minus category. Uh, They've allowed more points than they have scored so far. But big showdown here between the Bengals and the Steelers. uh, And then the Browns have the Bears this week. So um, we'll see what happens there. And then the West, 
The Raiders are atop 2-0. Big win against the Steelers. Broncos are also 2-0. Teddy Bridgewater playing efficient football. Kansas City, that big loss to Baltimore, 1-1. And the Chargers are 1-1 after that loss to uh, Dallas. So that's where the standings are at this point in time. Let's have a little fun with the some power rankings and all of that, if we must. This is on NFL.com. Uh, and you can see here, this will we'll scroll. The Bucks are at number one. If you really want to know where the Bengals are, we got to keep scrolling, ladies and gents. We got to keep scrolling here. The Dolphins are 22. Colts are 23. Bears are 25. So you got to figure there they are. 26. Moved down three spots to the Bengals, according to NFL.com. Um, and then, of course, they note the sacks, the hits on Joe Burrow, all of that. So there is the link to that on NFL.com. I will leave that for all of you to peruse. But um, yeah, I mean, basically it's happening again. The Bengals are struggling to protect Joe Burrow and the feeling of impending disaster once more looms in the Queen City. The sky is falling, is what everybody's saying. Uh, We'll see if the Bengals rebound nicely against the Steelers this week. I think we'll be singing a different tune, but they got to play pretty much mistake-free football in order to get that one in Pittsburgh. That's going to be a tough one. The Texans and their quarterback, I don't know how they're one and one and in the division hunt after two games, quite honestly, but uh, David Culley says the rookie quarterback Davis Mills is going to start versus Panthers on Thursday night football this week. Uh, Tyrod Taylor left the game with an injury. Obviously the whole Deshaun Watson mess. Um, They're just not even playing Deshaun Watson. So Davis Mills is their guy after coming in against Cleveland did some things against them, but uh, you know, you know, I don't know that Davis Mills is going to be a guy that at this point, at least strikes true fear into a, a team, but head coach David Coley says the Texans rookie quarterback Davis Mills will start against the Panthers this week. Go figure that one out. Uh, then you've got Aaron Rodgers, of course, having to do his, uh, little remarks after the game and a good win for him. Look, I mean, the Packers got embarrassed in week one, absolutely embarrassed. Um, and a lot of people are saying, you know, Rodgers doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to play football anymore, all that kind of stuff. Well, Rodgers called all those people, uh, trolls, (laughs) And the quote is nice to quote, get the trolls off our backs, at least for a week. Um, Saying quote, I don't know. I think we maybe tried to show that we cared a little bit more tonight. He said in a post game interview, kind of being a little snarky on that one. I just think people like to say a lot of bull blank and it's nice to come back in here after a game like that. So, uh, calling the haters trolls and all of that. But hey, you know, yeah, I guess you can kind of do that stuff if you're Aaron Rodgers and you come up with a win, right? I mean, that's hard hard to uh, dispute that. Now let's go to CBS Sports, a couple of fun ones here, and then we will bounce out of here. This is the week three picks by John Breach. Do you happen to know who John Breach's dad is? Jim Breach. One of the best Bengals kickers of all time, if not the best Bengals kicker of all time. Uh, So John Breach of CBS Sports doing his picks. He did pick the Bengals to win against Minnesota in a very, um, really how it kind of played out. So at any rate, he's got all of his picks. Let's see if we can get to 
Let me do that. I'll pull that up and I'll let you look at one other fun one as I get to the actual. Oh, that's why they're at the they're at all the rest. But here's here's I, I think you'll like this one. It was worth the wait. It was worth the wait, ladies and gentlemen, because if you're a Bengals fan, you'll like what he has here. All the rest. And here we are right here. He's got the Bengals 23-20 over the Steelers. So worth the wait and scroll uh, the scrolling down of that if you were joining us for the live video and or <laughs> just the video in general. Apologize for the for the delay there. But at any rate, it was they, – they've got the Bengals. He's got the Bengals winning. So uh, a lot of you I'm seeing as well. Last week was a fluke, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we'll see. The Bengals – I'm going to tell you, though, Bengals win this one. That's that's going to say a lot about this team, a, a lot how they rebound, and a lot about Zach Taylor if they go in. That that's a big that's going to be a big win if the Bengals are able to pull that off. Last one, just kind of a fun one to talk about. I, it was my I did not do this the first week, but I did it a little bit yesterday. The Peyton and the Manning brothers telecast. I did listen to that. It's pretty funny. They have fun with it. Um, Manning's drinking out of a solo cup. Uh, Peyton is at least, I don't know what he was drinking out of it, but, uh, you know, they're, they're having fun. I Gronkowski came on, uh, Pat McAfee came on. That was a fun exchange and they just have a lot of fun doing it. And then they also really break down, you know, in plays, you know, what, what should have happened here to watch for this call, all that sort of thing. So it's, it's a lot of fun. And you can, in case you haven't checked out the Manning brothers telecast yet, here is a little bit about that from CBS Sports. You can check that out, but um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of, a, you know, an interesting perspective that they brought to the to the game, to the telecast. Um, I do like the crew that they have on the standard call, you know, Riddick, Brian Greasy, and uh, Steve Levy. I, th I think they're a, a decent trio for, for ESPN, but, uh, you know, this is just a, a different way to watch watch the game. And for those who like Tony Romo and listening to him on CBS – I, I know a lot of people were kind of like, oh, I don't know about Sanchez calling the game. I thought he actually had quite a few interesting and, and fun analyses of plays in that game. Uh, some some people felt that he maybe was a little out of touch with every single play that was going on. But I thought he was pretty entertaining to listen to, at least. Um, but uh, at any rate, that's uh, go check out the Manning telecast. I think it's pretty I think it's pretty interesting. We are going to get out of here. Go check out symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P forward slash O-B-I. Go get and subscribe to the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel, whether that's on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, any of the major audio platforms. We are there. Go and subscribe to our YouTube channel there. Click the button, subscribe, hit the bell to get notified when new material is available. And when we take the air live, you also got to be liking the Cincy Jungle Facebook page. Um, we've got an Instagram page, all that stuff. And then of course, all the news, opinions, analysis, stories, all of that are on cincyjungle.com. So check that out. We've got a lot of stuff coming at you on the podcast this week. We've got uh, a peek over the other side of the fence with uh, a guest on the show. John and I are doing our deep dive on, on Wednesday. We've got some fantasy football stuff coming. We've got all kinds of different things. And then that's just our show as part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. That's not even talking about Ace and Zim, who, oh, by the way, chatted with Willie Anderson on Sunday night. So go check that one out. Matt Minnick bringing us all kinds of breakdowns and whatnot. So check out all that stuff on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. And we thank you for your support. Have a good rest of your week. We'll be seeing you with more stuff, as I said. 
And uh, let's hope the Bengals rebound nicely against the Steelers this Sunday. It is my birthday later this week, so it'd be a nice birthday present for me. But, hey, who the heck am I, right? Take it easy, everybody.